0: I'm Tom Farrell I'm Sean Swoner, and this is another hope podcast
1: helping others persevere every day.
0: today's topic is something that is extremely important to me and I know to Sean as well, and one that I hope will help somebody who might be listening. It's a topic that many folks I think shy away from talking about, but one that needs to be discussed. today's Sean and I are going to talk about the importance of mental health Sean. When I say mental health to you what what's the first thing that comes to your mind I think the
1: first thing that comes to my mind is wondering why you chose mental health cuz I know you have a good story <laughs> but in in uh, all honesty it it it's a, it, it's a broad term that encompasses a lot it's but I think it boils down to um emotions thoughts and and feelings
0: that's funny that's the first thing that came to your mind though is what do I have up my sleeve this week? And I really don't. I, it's, it's a super, super important topic to me because I see so many people who have uh, mental health issues. And from my perspective, society seems to hit you over the head with how you can improve on your physical health. And we see ads and we see commercials and we see instructors and we see Um, experts in the field of physical health, but I I feel like there's a a stigma that is associated with mental health that it doesn't get the same spotlight that physical health goes. And so that's, that's why I wanted to dive into it. And I know this overall podcast is based around mental health, but what I wanted to do today was just really, really dig in and Try to find a way to not only shine that spotlight on the mental health world, but also maybe help somebody who's listening and and say, all right, it is okay to have a a mental issue, a mental uh, problem that needs to be fixed, just like if you were overweight or or any of those other physical things you could put into play.
1: Yeah, no, no, I I, I see where you're going because – It's so many people are, are focused on working out and getting their body stronger and bigger and faster, whatever it might be, but they, they forget to work out the, the most important muscle in the, in the entire body, which is that six inch gap between your ears. You know, and, and the funny thing is, we have an opportunity to work on that every single waking moment of the day. We just, we just don't, I, I just, I, I think you're right. It's, it's just been conditioned in us uh, through the media, through everything that you see, read um, a perfect example. You know, they have P90X, they have insanity workouts. They have all those DVD workouts or the, the, um, the workouts that you can download. You can watch them online. You can do this. You can do that to, to build up your body stronger. But I have yet to see like a three week long daily 30 minute program for the mind. You know, I, it's just, I don't think it exists. And and so many people, they, they don't realize that they're, uh, they're subconsciously going through life or subconsciously making choices, going through life and they doing that over and over and over again, builds a pattern that becomes your habit. And you don't even know it. You're, you're, you're programming your brain in a certain way. And, you know, it, it, you could be essentially programming in anxiety and fear by telling yourself to not do something you know, hey, stop being fearful. Stop being anxious. You're still, you're focusing on that. And you're telling yourself to not do something, which is negative. Turn it around and tell yourself, hey, I'm unstoppable. I'm fearless. You know, I'm, I'm confident. You just have to look at it from a different angle, but you're, you're absolutely right. That's it it does affect so many people.
0: So true. What you just said there, Sean, and believe us in, in no way would I classify myself. And I'm sure I can say the same for you that you're a mental health expert, or would even claim to, to think that you could fix somebody who had some serious issues. But what I think we can claim is that our line of thinking that we try to subscribe to every week, every day, every minute could actually be something that somebody could, could benefit from and, and maybe try these little tactics. Um, but as far as being a certified expert, that's not what I am for sure.
1: Uh, absolutely not. Me neither. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a certified professional coach and I went to school for psychology, um, but I am far from, you know, a counselor. I'm far from somebody who should be uh, uh, giving somebody advice because I've, I've had it myself. You know, I, I remember one time um, I was on the side of Aconcagua, which here, here I go with the stories. <laughs> I, was, I was on the what side. What was of your
0: name a- that was given to you when you were there?
1: <laughs> oh, um, I think that was somebody nicknamed me Beezer when i was there and beezer used to be an old um they used to have motorcycle races uphill and it was a one cylinder um, motorcycle that would always win the race uphill so they called me because of my one lung he called me he nicknamed me beezer <laughs> it was pretty funny <laughs> all right so get back to your story <laughs> I, I remember being on the side of Aconcagua, which is the highest mountain in south america yeah south america on the border of chile and argentina And if you ever get there, you fly to Mendoza, they have like the best grass fed steak and you can get a bottle of Malbec. You can have a dinner for like eight bucks. It's unbelievable. Wow. Um, And you can cut the steak with a fork. It's so tender. Um, But I remember being up there and it's also the highest mountain outside the Himalayas. So I'm up uh, going from, we'll just say base camp to camp two. I'm at camp two and I'm looking out on the horizon and there's nothing in the way. It's just absolutely beautiful. The the valley goes on forever forever. And uh, the mountains laid out to my right, and it just goes like up up the what's called the Polish Glacier. And uh, all of a sudden, I just started getting really, really anxious. And uh, here I am on the on the side of you know the highest mountain outside the Himalayan range, and I'm having a panic attack. Uh, it's it's not like I can you know just forget about it, and and I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I can't get help. I can't do anything. So I didn't eat dinner that night. All I did was I just went to sleep. And I woke up feeling better. I have no idea to this day. I still have no idea what it was or, or how I got over it, but I think it was just my mind going crazy thinking, hey, I, I might die. Or it, it, it reminded me of the time when I was going through my treatment actually, and I was on a, a, an anti medication that was called Composine, And I had an allergic reaction to it and it rolled my eyeballs back up into my head. And I was temporary blind whenever I was on this thing. And, and even to, still today, When I start getting a little anxious a little bit, and it hasn't happened in, you know, 30 years, but I still think and I still have the feeling of my eyeballs fluttering back into my head. So it's still there.
0: And what do you do to calm yourself down or try to get your mind back on the right track?
1: The first thing I I do is I focus on my breath. I literally put my hand on my stomach and I take a deep breath in. You know, and and if you look at how you're breathing, how most people are breathing right now, when you're you're a baby and when you're sleeping, you breathe through your diaphragm, you breathe, you take deep breaths. And if you pay attention to what you're doing now, most people, because they're anxious throughout their lives, they start the shallow breathing through their upper chest. But when you relax, you reuse the diaphragm and you actually pull the air all the way into and you fill up your entire lungs, or I guess in my case, my entire lung but it that that really helps ground me and brings me back to the present moment because when i'm anxious and whenever whenever anybody's anxious two words come to mind what if what if something happened and when that happens when you start thinking what if your imagination kicks in and you start thinking crazy things you know you start thinking the worst possible case scenario but when you start focusing on the present moment, being here, being, being right now, thinking of things that after you start breathing, you think of things that you hear around you. Think of things that you might feel like the, the clothing on your skin, you know, whatever might be under your feet. You know, I'm, I'm wearing a hat, you know, the hair um, being pushed under my head. That forces you to be in the moment and focuses your mind here as opposed to what if the tragedy could happen in the future.
0: So good, Sean. So good. Um, one of the things I'm shifting gears a little bit here Anya, And one of the things I've noticed that has contributed to this anxiousness or this uh, mental depression with some people is, is social media. And it's almost like people are living two lives. They're living their real life. And then they're also living a life in social media world. And I think that adds a lot of pressure, especially on Teenagers today and younger uh, kids who look at that device and they go down that what if, like, what if I wasn't invited to this party? Or what if um, I did wear this type of clothing? It seems to me like that's, that's a really fine line that especially younger people need to, need to walk and also need to talk about. They, they need to walk that line, but they also need to talk about what they are experiencing because it, it isn't always gospel truth that they're looking at online.
1: Absolutely. And, and believe it or not, um, some, some smart people at Harvard have actually done a, a number of studies on social media, and people constantly check to see how many likes they get, you know, how many thumbs up, because what that does, and people have now become addicted to social media. Because of of a chemical called um, dopamine, I think, because when you when you get that that thumbs up, it triggers a dopamine uh, release in your brain, and you feel good it's the feel good drug basically and they're they're finding it's the same thing with gambling as well, so people get addicted to gambling it's because of the serotonin or the um, the dopamine in your brain that gets triggered, and people are doing the same thing with social media and and it's it's also social media is and, and don't get me wrong. I, th- I think it's in technology is something fantastic. You know, we, we can't live without it, but you use it
0: properly. You
1: know, it's, it's almost like a shield. It's, it's like this protective barrier that you have around you. It's, it's almost like being in a car, you know, if somebody cuts you off, you honk the horn, you're like a hole, you know, get out of my way. If somebody cuts you off on the street while you're walking, and you didn't have that buffer, that safety zone, you would never flip them off and, and call them names. It's the same thing on social media. People post things all the time just for a response, you know, and you're right. They're living a dual life and, and people do have quote unquote friends and, and they just need to realize that most of them really, if, so, if, if the, you know what hit the fan, they wouldn't be there, you know? So get your face out of a phone and technology once in a while, realize how much time you're spending on it and, and go, go outside, you know, get, get the feel good drug of nature.
0: <laughs> I like that. Hey. One of the things that we do around here at the workshop is develop show ideas. And mental health has come up over and over again uh, as far as a documentary goes, and a real deep dive into a documentary that would explore the issues of mental health and some of the um, challenges that people face. And and it's, it's become a passion of mine. I really want to do a doc on that. Um, the challenge I always find, is finding those people who are willing to open up enough to share their stories, because that's the only way I think we're gonna make an impact is if we get what we talked about earlier, that stigma out of the way, absolutely out of the way. And one of my visions that I have is I would like to go to a ballpark. And for a lot of reasons these days, I wanna go to a ballpark, but I would like to go to a ballpark. when you see the fan of vision come up and a lot of times you'll go there now and it's like we're celebrating uh, cancer awareness night and they'll show a luxury suite with cancer survivors up there. Have you ever gone to a sporting event and they say tonight we're celebrating mental health awareness night. And you put the camera on a group of individuals who are raising their hand and saying, I'm suffering from mental health. It doesn't happen. And that's one of my goals is that I want to do a doc where people will stand up and say, raise their hand. Yes, I am challenged with a mental health issue. And yes, you can get through it because I got through it. You know, that
1: that's, that's a great idea. And I wonder, I'm glad you used the comparison of a cancer survivor, because look back, say 30 years, you know, when I got sick, my mom and dad you know, we, we told the family, we told other friends, Sean, Sean's sick. You know, we, we never really said he had cancer. You know, he, that's he, right? the C word. It was, it was a stigma, you know, because back then cancer was associated with death. And I wonder if it's just all the awareness that's happened, you know, in the, in the past couple decades, that's really brought it about where people can comfortably talk about having cancer. And I wonder if, if there's a place for it for uh, the mental illness, you know, the mental health to actually do the same thing. You know, it just needs somebody, like you said, it might need that, that trigger to get things moving. You know, and, and I, I also wonder if it's, um, the reason it's not uh, talked about so much is because it's, and if you've never done this, I encourage everybody to do it. Go stand in your bathroom, look in the mirror, and, and look who's staring back at you. It's difficult to look and see who you really are. You know, when you stare yourself in the mirror, uh, and and, and it's, it's very, very tough to see the true you, not what you want to be or who you who you think you are, but who you really are, faults and all. You know, that's difficult. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons it's, it's, it's not as, I don't want to say popular, but it's not as um, uh, noticeable because it's, it's just something that's too difficult for people to do and they don't want to do it.
0: It's definitely not as mainstream as I would like to see it. And I know a lot of other people would like to see it. One guy who I was fortunate enough to work with and is just a, a terrific, terrific person is Michael Phelps and he recently as recently as this week has um, openly talked about his struggles with mental health issues and he's he's been out there before in in the public talking about it, but just recently he's starting to become more and more vocal, and when people like that Start to talk about it. That's when it's going to have that trickle down effect, because it, as shallow as this may sound, people will say, "Okay, if Michael Phelps, who might be the greatest Olympian of all times, has struggles, and it's okay for me to have struggles as an average ordinary person."
1: Absolutely, and and I also wonder. Um, well, uh, first of all, good for him. You know, it's it's great that somebody's coming out and and talking about it. But I also wonder if there is a stigma, because with cancer, for me, at least one of the reasons I think I I got over it and I'm okay now is because of my sense of humor. You know, I, I, when I, when I lost my hair, you know, I I wanted, I wanted to take a Sharpie and draw a line down my, the middle of my head and pretend like it was a butt, you know, and it just, a sense of humor helps, but you can't really make fun of someone who has a, a mental health problem. Because I was I was thinking jokingly, well, maybe Michael Phelps is like that because he smelled too much chlorine, you know, jokingly. (laughs) But there's nothing to joke about. And and it's just it's just wrong to do that.
0: Yeah, but like you were saying, how you've progressed with cancer over the years, hopefully we'll get to that point where people are comfortable enough because humor is a really good medicine. It's a really good dose of medicine for any situation that you're in. You look at some of the most um, horrific things that have happened. And a lot of times people turn to humor to, to, to lighten the mood and to help them get through those difficult times. So um, it, it may take some time, but I, I think there's a, a place for humor there if done appropriately in the right way.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think one of, the, one of the best things about or one of the biggest things about humor and uh, whenever anyone's talking is you have to remember that what I say is about me, what you hear is about you. So if if goes with humor too, right? Exactly. So if if you're offended by something and and it's it's probably not it's probably not the way that it was meant to be said. You know, there's some undertone of humor in there somewhere. So just try not to take things so seriously.
0: So this topic of mental health and trying to get people to feel better about themselves. you know, you do this exercise, and I've heard you do it before, where you start off your presentations and you ask, Uh, for a a raise of hands. Anybody who's been touched by cancer in their life or somewhere around them, please raise your hands. And I've been in those rooms with you and every single person in the room usually raises their hand because it's that rampant. I I think, and I I don't think I'm exaggerating here, Sean, but I think the same could be said for either depression, anxiety, um, OCD, those type of really mind-altering issues that people have i think the same could be said as as with cancer and um that's that's kind of one of the driving forces for me to talk about it because i know it's all around us and i i want to try to be at the leading edge of trying to help people get get over it
1: no i i think that's fantastic that that gave me an idea next keynote talk i i i give um, I'm going to start off with the trailer for True North, because in there, he talks about us being tracked by polar bears. So maybe where, the, where I'm going with this, hold on, hold on, stay with me, I'm going to go up on stage after they see that, and I'm going to ask him how many people here are afraid of polar bears? You know, and, and obviously, some hands will come up jokingly, but then I'll say something serious, like in, in all seriousness, how many people have had anxiety? How many people have had difficulties sleeping because you're anxious, so there's something on your mind? It has to be everybody.
0: Yeah, it's pretty darn close to it, if if not everybody. Um, again, we talk about some of your takeaways that I love to tap into when we have these conversations. Um, you've come across all sorts of these type of things that we've talked about today with your talks and with the people that you interact with. Depression, um, obviously, is the most well-known mental health issue that's out there. Any things that you've come across in your travels that could help somebody who may be battling depression?
1: You know, I, th- I think there, there's, there's a quote that I, uh, I think I came up with a long time ago. It was, People who are depressed are living in the past. People who are anxious are living in the future. But if you're living in the present, you're not worried about the past or the future. You're really living in the moment. So I think that really helps. Obviously, you know, going through my, my cancers and going up the mountains, I've always looked in the future and I thought that's what I want. I want to get to the top. I want to be well. I want to be healthy again. But when the times were bad, I focused on the present. When the times were good, I focused on what I wanted and I tried to become that person in the present. And I think one of the best ways to do that is realize that whatever you're going through, it's, it's a feeling, it's a state. It's not a permanent condition.
0: That goes hand in hand with the exercise that you talked about earlier with breathing. Exactly. Yeah. Because if I remember right, what you said was you you have to almost get to the moment where you realize that you are breathing and be present in that breathing moment. So that, that kind of goes hand in hand there.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it works. I mean, when I was being tracked by a, a polar bear, I mean, it's not something that you'd, you, you obviously you can't run away from at the North pole is you can't go indoors and close the garage door, you know? So you, you have to really pay attention to the thoughts that are going through your head and focus on what you want as opposed to what you don't want. But being in the present moment, knowing that your brain is putting you in danger and you, you know, that I'm sorry, let me t- let me take that back. You're, you're, you're fearful. Your brain is trying to make you fearful, but you're not in danger.
0: Um, I love these little nuggets that you throw out there. I'm going to put you on the spot here for um, a a younger generation who's anxious about what's going on. There's all these graduates in the world out there right now who are in a totally different situation than they've ever been. And so whether they're graduating grade school, going to high school, high school to college, college, out into the working world, I've heard from many different people that, anxiousness is, is the key thing right, right now with them. They're anxious. And so I think what you said there with regard to depression could also be applied to those who are anxious. It's like as, as hard as it is, try not to think too far in the future. Certainly don't go back to what would be those good times in the past right now and, and live in the present.
1: Yeah. No, you know, let's, let's, let's try to come up with something real quick that everybody can do if, if they're anxious, let's just do Cause there are five senses, right? Yep. So when you're starting to feel anxious, five, four, three, two, one, take some breaths. Look at, look at five things. Notice five things right here, right now. Um, maybe feel four things, you know, on your skin, the clothes in your skin, the shoes on your feet, whatever it might be. Uh, maybe f- smell three things, Maybe taste two things. And then what's the other one? Here here. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, how about this? So see five things hear four things, feel three things, smell two things and taste one thing. Five, four, three, two, one, right there.
0: I love that, Sean. You just patented a new little uh, exercise. So, Hey, uh, I, I love these talks. I appreciate your time as always. I'm grateful for your friendship, and um, I really appreciate you diving into this conversation today because, as you can tell, it's, it's um, passionate and personal for me with the people that I, I know in my world, and I'm sure you know in your world, and obviously, I've, as we've talked about, everybody out there knows somebody in their world. So, um, until next week, until our next conversation, I, I'm Tom Farrell. I'm Sean Swinner. And that is your dose of hope for today.